Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season 10. Not well, no, no, I don't want to say season 10. I want to say we're talking about the first of the bonus episodes that are happening because of the pandemic. I, they don't want me to call it season 10. Amazon does, though. When I watch it on Amazon, it's like season 10, episode 17, home sweet home. Yeah, most of the places are covering this as if it is still a part of season 10, um, because it's certainly it not is. season 11. No, definitely not. But yeah, this uh, this transitional season from the Whisperers arc to what I presume is going to be the Reapers is yep. going to be the new post-apocalyptic threat. Apparently, yeah. When all the threats in the Alexandria area have been eliminated, what do you do? You bring, you drag some threats out from afar. You do, you do. Got to, got to squeeze this group of survivors from both ends of the tube. Yeah. Uh, so you just can't dispense any of it. Um, what do you think of the first? Uh, I, I guess bonus episode of The Walking Dead. I mostly liked it. I, I don't know. I'm settling into whatever the hell these bonus episodes are going to be. And, and just like being back with Maggie was a little jarring. I, I liked it, but at the same time, I haven't quite found my feet on these things. And I don't know if I will, if they're going to jump around to different characters and micro stories here, but we'll see. Yeah. I had tempered my expectations when I heard their bonus episodes that they were doing under COVID restrictions. I was like, Oh, well, we're probably not going to get any new plot. This is going to be digressions and backstories and things like of that nature. Um, and I guess I was a little impressed because this does feel like a next season plot. Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, I started thinking, I wonder if the production hadn't shut down and they had to do more filming. I think that Maggie was just shoved into the last episode in a very kind of haphazard way. And now they're actually bringing her in and like dealing with the questions that, that we had, like, well, what the fuck happened to Georgie and the twins and the project yeah. for the new future and all that. We get all these questions like uh, some things I thought they might drag on to ridiculousness. Like what's the deal with Casey Jones here? Does he have a face? <laughs> Is he a mutant? <laughs> yeah. Is what was he horribly disfigured? What what the fuck is going on with them? They're like starting to answer that question. Um, although again, not to I, put too fine a point on it, he's a ridiculous character. Completely. But so was Michonne, uh, right? As, when we first met her. So I mean, Michonne, I guess a little bit, especially when she's in her full with zombie entourage and poncho kind of thing. But underneath that, yeah. she's just a regular ass woman. Uh, this guy, I'm gratified to see, is just a regular ass dude. Mm -hmm. So, like, he's got some kind of emotional trauma or something, or maybe he's just uh, he's wearing it like uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. He just thinks the masks are terribly comfortable, and everyone will be wearing them in the future. Uh, he's ahead of yeah. the pandemic curve. I don't know. I don't know. There was an interesting he's, scene there with uh, him and Kelly, but we'll we'll get there. He's in '95 underneath all that, so he's he's safe. He's uh, not taking any chances. Sure. Uh, and, and and but I will say that like the first 20 minutes their first 15 minutes this episode, the first about third, I'm like, oh, God, this is just old walking dead when they didn't have a budget and they'd run out and they're just walking in the woods, man. They're going to walk in the woods and there's going to be thrilling stealth zombies and that kind of stuff. And like, oh, this Casey Jones guy is a real freak. And um there's a lot of like they're not they're just going to pretend like we don't know shit that we know. And but then. They I feel like the episode really started getting going 
Um, they're still just kind of running around the middle of the woods, but they mm-hmm. they dressed up a little bit of a set and gave us a little bit of terrain. Um, and, and some it, shots it, it, in it Alexandria much... with a little more going on at the end. Yep, yep. Um, so like I I think that it's it feels to me like they shot probably an episode's worth of of the the big crew together socially distanced in the outside walls of like they got all this stuff that they got a, a nucleus for and then they're going to revolve like two or three people around the story um as is because yeah that's the that's the only thing that kind of makes sense from what i could tell um but but i will say that like a lot of people talked up these episodes so i was expecting a little bit more than what i got out of this i was expecting a little bit more kind of like backstory and character development uh and not as much as walking through the woods of georgia mm-hmm. so i but but then again like i don't think that people were really praising this episode it was some of the later ones some of the middle episodes so I guess I was whelmed. Yeah. I was whelmed by this episode. I think there's a Negan episode that people like. Um, that's the last one that I'm. That's the one I'm really excited to see. Same here. Yeah. Uh, but this um, one was pretty good. I, I don't. Have, I, you know, it, I, my complaints aren't really complaints. My complaints are more like, boy, this show is ridiculous at times, and this mm-hmm. is an example of that, which happens near the end of this episode. Uh, I'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, right. overall, not bad for for an episode, you know, uh, created under duress. Got not bad. Um, I before we get to the episode proper, I want to talk about some like true show notes type of things. Um, when we we were messing around with the the stereo app, um, during our catch up of season ten, we're, we're not quite caught up, but we are have arrived at the year twenty twenty one of our Lord. We this this content is the freshest. It hasn't even passed its expiration date, uh, and we are six weeks away from The Walking Dead coming back and returning with the all new uh, season eleven. We're very excited about that. But we were we were playing around this this um, stereo app to kind of do instant feedback for some of these. Uh, I mean, you, you heard it if you heard our podcast. And uh, unfortunately, we're we're unable to make a deal with uh, the stereo people to continue doing that for the new season. So we are reverting back to to uh, uh, right now, just the the walk, watching dead at baldmove.com for feedback. Uh, we have a new discord, which gives us some capabilities. If we started wanting to do like instant takes and and, and if we start doing live stuff on Twitch or stuff, but like I don't want to commit to anything because we haven't quite figured that out. So mm-hmm. still we're, we're still debating like exactly what kind of coverage we want to give. We, we think we're pretty sure we're going to do like a full episode and a feedback episode to kind of like split the load a little bit. But uh, we'll see because we also got to figure out what to do with Sci-Fi Sunday. If we're going to start doing instant takes or like a live watch is zombie science fiction. Like there's there's some things to, to discuss about. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But we are excited to, to do uh, season 11. It seems like it's all but confirmed that we're going to get eight episodes. But they're going to last from August to October um, and then they're going to go away, probably come back early next year. I would guess like uh, February through spring run and then back to the, the, the August to October to kind of wrap things up. And that that feels right. Wrapping up mm-hmm. uh, The Walking Dead at or near Halloween of 2022 feels pretty fucking good. I, I like yeah. that. I like Walking Dead in that that area of the, the year. So. Uh, did I miss anything? Did I misstate anything? No, we'll have more information as we get closer to season 11, of course. Uh, fill you yeah. guys in. Yeah, but uh, uh, we just, just want to make sure that because, uh, you know, we, we, we got a little, we got a, we got a couple. The, the stereo stuff is starting to work, but it's just not going to work after the new season. So we're back to email. Watching dead at baldmove.com. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the recap. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. 
And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. So we start off with Maggie and Judith out walking in the woods, just chatting it up, killing zombies together. And they come back to the road where Maggie sees, uh-oh, her nemesis, Negan, has been freed, and she storms off. Yeah, she can't even believe it. She's just like, what the shit? It's, it's, it is too much for me to bear you being in prison for life, and now you're just walking around like some kind of free man. Um, yeah, it was good seeing Maggie again, like actually seeing Maggie, right? Not just one shot of her coming back with a freak show in the background. But right. like seeing Maggie doing Maggie stuff. Um, there's something different about her in this episode. There's, there's a hardness. She's got the country. She got the there's that. She has got like a very hard cast to her face and eyes. They're, yeah. they're very, like she looks world weary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's uh, like makeup, if that's acting, if that's unintended perhaps on this show who knows but yeah there's definitely something else there i also continue to really love the country western uh or, or more western vibe that they're giving this show like this mm-hmm. feels very frontier town that feels like there's a little bit of like hillbilly lord of the rings music when they're doing the big walkabout of georgia um i like that aesthetic and i think it suits this world really well and maggie having this kind of medicine dr quinn maggie woman uh, bowler hat kind of duster combo. I think it's cool. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really jive with uh, Princess and Casey Jones, <laughs> but I, right. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, they're hat hat twins here, kind of. Uh, so then Daryl and Carol are talking to um some of the other communities. We find out to try and see where they can place all the dislocated hilltop survivors. Uh, mm-hmm. Maggie introduces them to her friends which we find out are elijah and cole i'm sure we'll never use casey jones real name again but it's elijah in case anyone was wondering if you lose you lose the mask you get the name you're going to be casey as long as you're wearing the mask so elijah if that gives you a little bit and cole you're just a generic dude you sure you are. are You are a a daytime soap star, and I will. I've what is his name? I've already forgotten his name. I think it's Sawyer. I think it's it's Sawyer, or it might be Jesus. I don't remember. Jesus two point oh. There you go. The updated (laughs) the 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 Jesus USB standard. Uh, It can carry twice as much bandwidth and and karate kicks, and this is it. You're looking at it. Uh, But they she tells him, "Hey, you're coming to live with us at Hilltop," which gets awkward, real fucking awkward. And they have to show Maggie what happened to Hilltop. Um, also, uh, by the way, Carol let Negan out 
she needs that information too right now. There's just a lot of shit happening to Maggie all at once here. But also, like you can see, Welcome like some home. big pieces, like the way they play the the reveal where Daryl's trying to explain, and uh, you know, Carol, like I think this happens later on. But Carol's, uh, she's like, yeah, I get it. Carol did something. She she thought she had to do. You know, mm-hmm. like this is like the seventeenth time that that the Carol is taking the bull by the fucking horns, whether the bull wants it or not. Whether the bull is in fact a bull with horns, she's just going to grab and start yanking. Yeah. yeah, she gets it. Also, I thought they portrayed Hilltop as devastated, but not destroyed. Right. Like substantial part of the mansion is still intact. The walls like, yeah, they're scorched. But like, I think you could make something out of that. Like, I, I wonder if part of Maggie's reclamation into the group will be rehabilitating uh, Hilltop because like they're talking about where well, there's not enough space for people to go. I mean, come on, you know, like. It'll take a while to get back, but you're just going to give up on Hilltop, all that farmland, all well, those fortifications. The, thing is, the Whisperers also had like pockets full of salt, and as they marched in, they were just dropping oh, salt all shit. over the ground. Those man, they're smart. Yeah. Smart for Whisperers. They play the long game for sure. Death, death by a thousand <laughs> grains is what they call it. Yep, yep. They're calling uh, the Hilltop New Carthage now. <laughs> So then Daryl goes off with Maggie to try and smooth things over because she storms off again. She's constantly storming off in this episode. Storming, storming Maggie. Yeah, green is what they call her. Yeah, it's Um, good. Also, I love how catty Carol the Carol is because she uh, she says Negan is a reason we didn't lose everything. Mm hmm. Not like the one that took the most risk and the craziest mission. And, and you know, he's just he's just he's just one of the many reasons. Because it was her idea. Con- contributing reason is it's my idea. I executed. Yeah. I put this thing together. But Negan's in there. He gets a little credit, <laughs> you know, a little, little, little. Just like I just I just love the fact that like Kara just used Negan. Yeah. And it's kind of glorious. In fact, she's never really. I, I, I think that Negan still might be kind of hanging out the periphery because Carol hasn't given permission to come back. Mm hmm. It's like she's out with us. She's still out walking, guys. I don't want. I don't want to rush her or nothing, you know. I, <laughs> but I'd like to sleep on a bed in a bed again, you know, with a roof <laughs> over my head. At, at some point, at some point, you think that can happen? No, you sleep in the shed. <laughs> if the roof's leaking, it's your fault. It's your job to fix it. Yeah, you didn't even really kill Beta. Like the zombies did it. So like, don't even try to credit that. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah, sure. Uh, then Kelly finds Daryl in the woods. Uh, it, you know, Daryl goes off after Maggie. Kelly goes off after Daryl. Wants to go with him to keep an eye out for Connie, and he agrees. So Maggie and Daryl's group walks around for a while until Cole decides, "Hey, we need to find shelter." So they hole up in. Can I can I ask you something? Because yeah. I think they established that they're actually going back to meet up with Mag the the Maggie stragglers, but I don't think they ever say that. They don't. They just take I- off. Thank you. They just yeah. take off fucking walking and I'm like, where the hell are we going? And I, I figured it out by context, but like I watched this thing twice and I don't think they ever established that like directly that my people are back. They talk about a village that was destroyed and they're mm-hmm. running from it. But like that might you just you just have to make some assumptions here. Uh, a little messy to first 15 minutes or so of this episode. It sure was. I was pretty confused when when suddenly her group shows up. I'm like, oh, I thought your group was just the it was Casey Jones and Cole. Right. And there's like this, this and there's hella walking this episode. Like there's a whole like minute long thing with, like I said, hillbilly Lord of the Rings walking music going. Daryl is showing Kelly how to track or maybe just the natural beauty of a praying mantis. I'm not exactly sure what they're. Mm -hmm. And and Casey Kasem is or Casey Kasem, Casey Jones with Casey Kasem is just hanging out in the background always with these weird serrated sighs and his fucking mask and his out of place kind of future into the Badlands. I think it's I think they just they they got that wholesale from into the Badlands, his whole setup. They might have. Uh, It was going cheap when that thing got canceled. So or is it still running? Oh, my God. Which is more horrifying? That it got canceled three years ago and no one knew, or that it's still running and no <laughs> that, one knows. That it's still running. I, I don't know. People like that show. I watched a couple episodes. It was, it was cool. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Uh, so yeah, they hole up in. I, I, I don't know if they're like right now. We're we're dealing with a global shipping container shortage. I think this is the reason because they had mm. half the world shipping container supply just out here in the middle of the woods. What is this place? Fenced up. It's a it's a it's a, a cargo container. An depot outdoor warehouse. In the, of the woods. I, yeah. The fuck. 
is this thing? I, I don't know. It's whatever they could cobble together with eight people in a crane in COVID times, I guess. Like, know, when, when, they, when they built this place pre-zombie apocalypse, they're like, okay, no foot traffic, but the cost per square foot for storing is just can't <laughs> right. be beat in the middle of the fucking woods here. We'll have so, to get a fucking Apache to airlift this thing out <laughs> if we ever want to get miles our of gravel DVD road players. to get to the site, but like, it's like, it's like you know, 10 cents a square foot man where can you get prices like this <laughs> also fuck we'll stack them eight high who gives a shit they yeah, fall over there's no there's no there's no laws there's no rules here now, let me ask you this if a tower of shipping containers falls over in the woods and no one's around to hear it did it actually fall over uh, not according uh, to the profit ever. and loss statement all right uh i was yeah, gonna say so, somehow it's, it's ever given's fault it, who the cargo ship in the Suez Canal is trying oh, to yeah. <laughs> right. making 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 a joke, making a pandemic joke, tailing the pandemic joke. We remember that when it happened, right? It was all fun. I do. It is funny. It's funny when tr- when when billions are lost internationally over a over an oopsie, right? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they hold up there uh, after clearing a parking lot's worth of walkers. I don't know what Kelly is talking about with this parking lot. There's not a bit of payment to be found anywhere there's as far as i can tell just haphazard replacement of these containers this is not a parking lot by any stretch of the I imagination mean, the only way it's a parking lot is if it's like the morgan county fairground parking lot you know and like when half of it is like a, hog shelter when hog it's pins? literally just a field 90 percent of the year but like the, the when the when the fucking fair's running then you got to have a cornfield to park people in True. yeah it's, yeah it's that like kind of renaissance yeah festival. a rural Rural Georgia County Fair parking lot is what this is. Okay, I'll take a word for it. Uh, Maggie gets cut in the process, which doesn't actually come back at all. There's there's no point in doing this. They just do it. Dude, I thought like when the way that uh, Jesus 2.0 is smirked and's like no sweat. I'm like, oh, there we're going to step back and we're going to see Maggie's group fucking put on a show. Like Casey Jones mm-hmm. is going to like go in the cowabunga mode. He's going to eat a pizza and kill a turtle. Uh, Jesus 2.0 is going to, you know, do a roundhouse kick. Mode. Yeah. Maggie's going to do a two bit Daryl Dixon two Bowie knife combination. And just is going to be a whirling dervish mode. No, no. It was kind of lame zombie violence that led up to like. Them slamming the door of a container shut on a zombie's head, which was cool, but kind of nonsensical uh, and played out. They've done that a bunch uh, with the head smashing. Yeah, and it's it's not it's it's not as exciting when that thing goes on for 30 seconds of Mm -hmm. like, oh, let's show show Maggie grunting and let's show the door inching closer and show the zombie defiantly snarling. And, you know, plus it's like I there was like 17 pairs of hands sticking in that gap. Mm hmm. Uh, and suddenly it's just one soft zombie skull. I'm like, was there like Daryl was like smacking the zombie hands back so they like, and, and I, I don't know. Yeah, I, just don't, I don't know physically. Oh, he's just hacking them away. Hacking I don't off. know how physically it works to sh- shut the door on 16 zombies that are jamming their their limbs into the door frame. But it did. I don't know. It did. It's 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 dumb. Yeah, like we need to retire the zombie getting their head shut in a in a door or. If you just want to make it like a, a quick half second shot to just like add to the awesomeness, but like it can't be a centerpiece. Come on. Mm-hmm. This is season 10, late season 10. Act like yeah. you've been there. It's pandemic season 10. I, I Yeah, it's tough. I don't want to give them too much shit. Uh, You're a turning, returning alumni, alumnus, Maggie Green. You need to fucking show that, that you've, you've been around the block. This, this duster's doing a lot of work, but we need to see it doing some really awesome kills. Um, yeah, so I guess did we see that Maggie was hopefully not shitty bow girl now um, mm. in in the previous episode or was this like a revelation here that she's now the I, bow girl? She's the shittiest. She's her archery form is terrible. She's got the full four finger draw, uh, which is not how you draw a bow back. Uh, I, I yeah, I don't know where the archery consultant is sitting there in the sidelines with his hand in his head, and be like, I just try. I was just here for crossbows, and now you got me trying to do bow. <laughs> I, I don't know, but it's uh, not cool. Not yeah. cool what they're doing. Not not quite Legolas level archery here. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Maggie's nursing her wound inside one of these 
shipping containers as she talks with Daryl about what she got up to while she was gone. They apparently had trouble with some other groups. Uh, Georgie left to go teach a larger group how to rebuild. And they were they were kind of stationed around Knoxville for a while. And she went to her Nana's place by the ocean for a while where Hersha really liked it. But she had to explain to him how Glenn died, which was unpleasant. And that that dude is still out there living a life. Uh, and then Daryl decides, I'm just going to leave you alone for a while. This reminds me the story of her taking her back to her Nana's Oceanside cottage reminds me of the part of the plot in The Last of Us 2 where like Ellie and her girlfriend goes off with uh, their baby and kind of like raises it in idyllic far from zombies setting. Like I close my eyes and imagine Mag- Maggie and Herschel doing that. And it was it was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that the timeline jives with what we know? Because I felt like. In early season 10, Jesus, before he died, was talking about just got getting a letter from Maggie and, you know, talking about moving with Georgie and stuff. And that, I think, at the start of the Whispers arc was a was much less than the several years that Maggie is laying out here. Yeah, um, that all happens over the course of like one winter cycle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got fall, then winter, and then spring and summer, and the the fight. Like it's it's happened all within a year's time. Mm-hmm. So I felt like they fucked up the timeline a little bit. But it could be that like I don't know, maybe uh, Georgie lost. Like, cause I I so I always thought that Georgie was in a, a large, well equipped outfit. But it sounds like she was just kind of doing a Johnny Appleseed of civilization. Just like yeah. hey, you, you got Apple a settlement looks. here. You got a forge. You got a forge here. Yeah, here's mm-hmm. how you set up a forge. You need to redirect that rivers for clean. Here's how you build a dam. Like, and like once once she got the like uh, windmill technology, she's on to the next little berg, uh, selling her monorails and and smithing. Um, and then all those places just crumble and fall apart as soon as she leaves. Apparently, I I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's something always goes. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. that's the story of this this show. Is like you know, it's it's hard to restart civilization. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that thesis, but it's certainly the the reality of this universe, like something like either mm-hmm. an internal threat um, or an external one arises and then everything goes bad. Um, sometimes combinations of the two. So that's dour. Like, I was really hoping that there was some kind of, you know, power in the world. And they do that. The, the white stormtroopers. We mm-hmm. haven't forgotten about those. There no. is something like that, but they're not connected to Maggie and, and Georgie at all, apparently, because they're just still trying to get fucking bronze age shit shit to work well i think georgie went out west because she heard about somebody like that right like the, a the, larger the, group. She, yeah yeah um i i thought i wrote this down yeah she heard about the city out west and her and the twins went to check it out city implies something a little like you wouldn't call alexandria a city wouldn't call hilltop no. a city so that implies, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that that implies a, a certain level of sophistication. But so why maybe would Georgie Appleseed the go there if she's like the technology planter? Why go to a city that presumably already has a bunch of infrastructure set up? I feel like if you're a, a, a Johnny Techno Seed and you heard about a, a place that's like a mecca for that kind of stuff, you might want to like pop in and be like, hey, how can our, you know, our purposes, assuming they're good, they're benevolent, like how can our how can our purposes suit? Like instead of taking the, you know, maybe I can start taking microchip stuff to people instead of just the iron forges and whatnot. So I I feel like, yeah, if you met if you met someone that's trying to read that you're trying to rekindle civilization, you met someplace that civilization has been successfully rekindled, like hooking up with those people makes sense. But it sounds like it went badly for everyone involved because Maggie's lost track of Georgie. Maggie lost it. It's like also not a convincing answer for why like Maggie, you know, just turned her back on the community because she's like, well, I wasn't around the box for a while. And then when I was, I'm just like, yeah, was it. it to to keep her, you know, promise to Glenn or whatever it was that they'd go up to the beach house? Was it just so Herschel could see that place? Because that, that seems like something she did in in lieu of like following Georgie after the last thing fell apart. I don't know. Like even like I thought that she came home as a response to hearing about all the, but it seems like she made a decision to come home and then found her box and came, you know, caught up with recent events, not including uh hilltop being destroyed. So I, I don't know. I did this. It, it gave us a lot of answers about what Maggie's doing. I'm sure they've got some other stuff coming out, but um. I did think there was some stuff here where 
you know, Maggie starts to detail what happened with her last group and she just trails off and says, I can't. And I, I, I put in my notes, well, the writers don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they don't haven't actually figured anything. No, they haven't figured out exactly what the hell Maggie's been up to since she's been, you know, trying to get another show off the ground on another network. And they're 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 giving yeah. a lot of hard thought, but they're not ready to come. They're not ready to commit. They're this waiting like to see how big. much AMC is going to cut their casting budget this year on the yeah. final season. So they know how many survivors came from her group and all that stuff. How many they need to kill this episode. Yeah. They're waiting. This is, I've been watching a little mythic quest in, in the background and this has got big mask man energy. Oh, we've known about the identity yeah. of the mask man for years. We're just waiting for the opportunity to get behind closed doors. Jesus Christ. Who is the mask man? We're going to die. <laughs> right. if we don't. Yeah. This is Maggie green's entire last three year history. No, it's, it's just a mask man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next morning, Kelly, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Kelly, abandons her watch to go look for Connie. She finds an old truck with a jacket on it, and then Maggie and Daryl find her and yell at her, and she's super sorry. Fuck you, Kelly. Good God. How many times has she done this, right? She constantly is just fucking things up she's, because she's impulsive. I, I she's guess. She's part of the new group that's kind of like, fuck up i assume they're all fuck ups until they've been prop but like yeah this is and and they say like oh she's looking for a sister like that matters imagine um, how much sadder like you'd Maggie, be if you didn't find your sister and you got your group of friends killed yeah and and maggie knows all about like when you lose your sister and the strategy is you act like you don't fucking care you act like you don't fucking care at all it's it's like there's just you got all the time in the world to get back to her until you find sister, out she's dead and then sister? you then you go for broke fall into your knees and screaming into the heavens that's how you handle your sister being lost kelly come on right come on <laughs> but yeah no i can't like i i thought even the show was kind of like staring at it like you know when uh maggie was like what the fuck and and the, the show's like ah well you know you kind of had it coming to you uh daryl's like ah she lost her sister i i would love for I, and i think i feel like i this episode would be a whole letter grade better if you say this is like a c minus or whatever it'd be a b minus if maggie had just been like you know, had said, said, drop some realness about losing your sister and like how you act when you lose your sister and shit like, oh, oh really? What's it like to lose your sister, Daryl? I can't fucking imagine what it'd be like to lose your sister and be terrified for her safety and, and find out she's dead. What must that be like? I guess you just abandon all your fucking responsibilities when something like that happens, huh, Daryl? Like, yeah, <laughs> like they could have had some kind of knowledge of the show's own history there. But uh, yeah, Kelly, come on. Kelly's no Connie. It's but it's it, just it makes me angry because it didn't need to happen, right? It's like something if Kelly had just said, "Hey, I really want to go look for my sister." Everybody in this group understands. Everybody, just wake him up. Yeah, I just got one lead. person like, I, up I and say, I saw "Can you jacket. please take watch?" Yeah, like fucking Daryl. What's he sleep ninety minutes a night? Like yeah, just just <laughs> right. just tat. Like come within thirty feet of him. He'll be a wide awake with his knives out. Be right. like, "Hey, he man, can sleep I just and keep watch." There's nothing Daryl can't do. Yeah, like Daryl's just as invent. Although I thought Daryl was weirdly kind of blase about Connie mm-hmm. and this, you know, maybe I mean, maybe that's just the way you got to be when it's like, well, missing yeah. persons report. If they've been gone 72 hours in the zombie apocalypse, ugh. last scene at the site of uh, underground cave explosion. Ugh. <laughs> it's it's yeah, looking he, pretty bad. He might be losing hope. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. So the group walks a bunch more and then they find some smoke. Which, boy, this is confusing. This is the scene where you're like, oh, there's a group. What? Uh, Cole freaks out saying they found us. Two of their other people uh, died in a Reaper attack, uh, attack, I guess, is what they're saying. It, it probably is Reapers. And the rest are missing. And they decide we're going we're gonna to track our people north. There's an entertaining exchange here right before they see the smoke between Daryl and Maggie, where she's like, you know, Herschel always said that the wound's got to touch air before it can heal. And Daryl thinks about him and he's like, you know, that's not right. Like medicine wise, Mm -hmm. you're supposed to keep things bandaged and, you know, stuff like that for proper. I I thought that was a a nice little they didn't do anything with it, but it's just kind of like I like that Daryl knows better and is kind of like, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's underlying. If the underlying metaphor is busted, Mm -hmm. then what the fuck are you going to, you know, like, well, what is this? It's like, you know what they always say? The sky's red. Okay. Sure. Sky's red, yeah. so you better have bread. That's what they say. 
You know, oftentimes those, those folksy sayings have like a lot of truth to them, like intuitive sure. uh, t- truth to them. But this is not one of them. Herschel no. may have uh, invented a few things, made a few leaps, let's say. Yeah, I think I, now I'm wondering if they're like, this is an explicit metaphor they're trying to make with Casey Jones. Like he's got damage. Oh boy, he's all covered the mask up, is a bandage. But it's not going to heal until like someone takes a human interest in him. Sure. Know. I I don't know because like that's like they're yeah it's something like uh, you got you get I I think that's what they're they're going for. It's a really tortured metaphor though. Mm-hmm. As they point we'll out. We'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. So eventually those tracks <laughs> rare, rare the writing room civil war bust out into the screen. <laughs> like you can't say that shit. It's stupid. Now I'm gonna say it. I just typed it. What are you going to do? Get, get me a coffee in turn. Uh, eventually the track split uh, for their people. And Daryl suggests they split up the group, which was kind of shocking. Uh, mm-hmm. Maggie and Daryl head off together, which is extra shocking because that forces Kelly to go with these nameless, faceless strangers. Who does it make any sense for the two groups of people who've been working and communicating and fighting together for years to split up and divide themselves like this? You I send Maggie was... with her people, right? And you send Daryl with yeah. his people because they know how to communicate and work together more effectively. Like, I, it was shocking to me that they split the group this way. And it obviously was for writing reasons. Um, I think that because I was trying to make this because like, yeah, splitting the party is usually a bad deal. And I think they're explicitly saying that Mag- this is a little bit selfish of Maggie um, because like if it wasn't for her suddenly, you know, losing track of Herschel because like, you know, like they had this little kid's mm-hmm. footprints and all the other footprints and Daryl's tracking it. And here's where they split. And and he's like, well, they, they might have carried him, you know. They they kind of explicitly make it Maggie be like, I know this isn't the right thing to do, but I need to find Herschel as soon as possible. So let's going to we're going to split. And That's I think fine. her going with her going with Daryl where it's like, OK, because like I think um, fake Jesus 2.0 made the kind of like, oh, you're going to split our fucking party. You're going to do every novice D&D mistake. And she's like, well, me and Daryl will take all the risk. You guys got Casey Jones and. Jesus 2.0 and Kelly and so don't they have like one or two other people so like you got the but majority of the shitless of the Reapers like the Reapers are yeah. like this boogeyman threat that is like almost superhuman in their eyes I saw Firefly the the, the movie they're, right. they're bad news these Reapers they're I don't know how they're going to stand against these techno barbarians it's 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 all uh, yeah all bad. I just I just thought it was insane uh, to split the party this way and then mask face no uh, it is gets so scared that Kelly has him take off his mask for a little pep talk. That doesn't seem like a badass, but I guess what they're doing here is really fortifying the unspoken reputation of the Reapers, right? Like if, if this lunatic with two big knives and a mask is afraid of them to the point where he's shitting himself and weeping fighter and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Then you're probably meant to take them seriously. So that, that was pretty effective. Um, did you think that when they were building up what was underneath this mask, it was going to be something like I was thinking like yeah. he's hideously deformed. He's scarred. He might be a mutant. And then I'm thinking, oh, what if they're going to do something at the close of the series? Kind of like Ellie from The Last of Us, where it's like they found one person that's he's got a zombie bite. Uh, mutant, and yeah. but 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 they've been keeping it hidden under all this because and because, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's immune. And like, what does that mean? We can get him back to Georgie City, blah, blah. No. He's just a regular dude. I thought he He's was going to been... be a famous country western singer. <laughs> a second one. <laughs> I know. I just thought, I was like, yeah, it's, it's 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 like they're it's just purely a metaphor for apparently psychological or emotional distress and 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 wounds. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. It's the masks that uh, we all wear, Aaron. I don't know if I don't know if you watched the previous season. There was a lot of mask true. shit in I there. I didn't pick it up. I didn't pick up the the obvious utility of mask as a metaphor. Maybe you'll get it for the fifteenth episode where they do it. Mm. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, the, the Daryl takes a hostage. It's one of Maggie's people. They say, "Oh, the Reapers did it," but we didn't actually see the Reapers. And then dude takes an arrow to the neck, and they all run while being shot at. Um, another one of 
stop me when you want to stop here, but another one of Maggie's people gets shot, goes down, and then another one goes to help her. She gets shot. There's a lot of people dying here. And Maggie goes around to flank this guy, this shooter, which they deduce there's only one of them, uh, but gets ambushed by him. Daryl comes to save her. He gets knocked out. Uh, then Maggie frees herself. Her friends come into the rescue. And she asks the guy, why? Why'd you do this? And he says, because Pope marked you. And then he full on detonates himself with a grenade. And I love this sequence is probably the most ridiculous thing I've seen in The Walking Dead since the Renaissance Festival or the the fucking light bulb (laughs) incident with the projector. Like, this is not how grenades work. I was going to say, which is the ridiculous part? Because there's a couple. So the guy uh, says Pope marks you. He pulls the pin and he laughs. And then Maggie yells, get down. And everybody in the group standing two feet away from this guy with weapons drawn. Within arm's distance. Yeah, right. Just turns their back and ducks. What, what does Unless that do? This grenade was up the guy's ass when he pulled the pin. <laughs> right. Someone is going to die. Yes, the shrapnel is going to hit somebody that close. And the sound effect they use, the jet. I don't know if Greg Nicotero was there with a giant jar of jelly just sticking his hands in. And it goes on for like 10 seconds. This guy's body is exploding. The glorpiest grenade (laughs) explosion I've ever heard. And I've been watching Pacific War uh, in my evenings. It's like it's It's so really, really, really squishy. It's so Did Nick stupid. Did direct I loved this episode? It. No, I don't think so. Okay, I might look that up because, like, there that would you know there was a couple of like little kind of like incurious decisions made here that like it it might have it it, it might have been maybe. Um. So the th- interesting thing about this is silenced gunshots. I thought that's interesting. It shows like if this guy is one of these uh, um, reapers. It shows that they're a little bit more supplied and sophisticated than the average level of sophisticated survivors. Because I would put Alexander up there with anybody, but they've run out of bullets a hell of a long time ago. Silence weapons. True. Um, the I thought that they had an opportunity to to build some tension, especially since there's so many much wasted time. There's two, three minutes of just people walking through woods in this episode. Mm-hmm. They could have really set up an ambush. Where like Daryl like keeping the guy pinned down or interested by like you know try, trying to draw shots and like Maggie going out wide, but she's like I'm gonna ambush him or I'm gonna flank him, and she just walks straight ahead to the camera. The camera pivots 180 degrees to her finding the sniper nest. Is that yeah. you fucking ambush anybody? What the shit? You're not gonna flank anybody that way. Also, why this guy abandon his position with the gun? I think did he think he got everybody? He shouldn't have, right? There's no way because he was still shooting at Daryl and he didn't hit anything. And there was another mm-hmm. like, did this guy not know? No, I just think that like they wanted him to do the shocking thing of of suicide bombing the group. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to kill. Like that's the other thing they could have. They could have just killed Jesus 2.0. Yeah, they uh, already the killed other two people. of them. Yeah, just like yeah, like keep keep hot rainbow shirt girl around for one scene and have her get mm-hmm. blown apart by this dude. But like it was ridiculous the way this especially since this guy was a like an intimidating person. I was yeah. really strapped into like again, I want to be impressed by Maggie Green uh fighting this guy and he kind of just handles her and Daryl, which is In the other shocking thing. Very satisfying fashion. Uh this is when he grabs Daryl and he swings him and bashes him into the tree to knock him out, that is straight D- out disarming of like, him. The, the Friday the 13th. There, there's a scene in Friday the 13th where Jason picks somebody up in a sleeping bag and bashes him against a tree and kills him. And I was just thinking, oh, this is an homage to that. Daryl Dixon, the man who 1v'd won a tank some seasons ago, is just completely handled like a child by this man. Yeah. And then he gets blown up. But I am sitting up straight and taking the the Reapers seriously as as uh, potential threats because this guy was terrifying and he's just a foot soldier, apparently. Well, I might um, not if Pope turns out to be Pope from Falling Skies. I don't know if you remember that well, guy, but <laughs> I was going to ask whether it's Jude Law or John Malkovich. Okay. Know, which which Pope are we dealing with? It's really going to change my opinion on the threat level. For uh, sure. Who's the Pope? What are they wearing? Uh, <laughs> it, here's. So, the other thing in this scene that 
is absolutely hilarious to me is not only does this, you know, grenade not work like a grenade, but then they turn around. This this whole thing has been in search of like the group and Herschel, right? And then they turn around and Herschel has just had a bird's eye view of a man turning into jelly. And he is so <laughs> fucking cheerful. He's like, hey, mom, it's yeah, great up yeah. here. I loved what I just saw. Also, it, did it you know that? Totally, and it sucked. It really fucking sucked that they just found Herschel. It's just like, oh, yeah, he's yeah. just sitting in a tree somewhere. Seeing she's doing the same Lori job, but like of 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 raising a child to where like no one keeps track of him. He's just up a tree witnessing grenade explosions. He's not in like this <laughs> the inner circle of an adult a ring of adults is protecting him actively being hunted by the Reapers. This isn't peacetime either. No, he's just fucking climbing trees out there. No adult supervision. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then they just stumble uh, on him too. Sucks. It's not like they they had yeah. this hard fought battle to find him. It's just like. Uh-uh. There was a sniper and they the sniper killed himself. And then there's Herschel. Maybe he ran out of bullets and that's why I did it. Um yeah. did you know that that snares work that way too? That like when you step in a snare, it pulls you backwards thirty uh forty feet before I it pulls you up like one foot. If the if the tree is like fifty feet tall and the the counterweight is up at the top maybe it could do that but why why i i thought the only reason is because like if he just worked like a normal snare maggie gets gutted yeah he's like, on her she yeah, has like, to be pulled like away from the guy or the attacker as he's listed in the the credits or mm. it's just a even so there is a little and then maybe this is just because they couldn't have uh, you know this was all kind of rush stuff and they they put stuff together but like there was a little bit of the regression to the stupid staging of events and actions mm. without a thought of like a logical plan or space or distance or cover. And I think the show has been doing better on that. And I, I hope that they, when, when they get their shit together, uh, I, I hope they can get back to that because man, there's nothing more boring or, um, tedious to watch than a battle where you don't know what the hell's going on and you don't know why you should care. Uh, yeah, I do wonder like with the tracking stuff, if his intention was to pull them off, it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter. This episode doesn't care. Why should I? Uh, mm-hmm. Why does it's he... just all this do is establish the threat of the Reapers? And it does do yeah. that. Well, well, I'm looking at this. I'm going, okay, they took an entire fucking day. So they wake up, they notice that Kelly's missing. She's mm-hmm. found searching a truck like almost immediately. Yeah. And then they find the bodies of their friends. And then they're led north by the tracks, all that stuff. And they have a battle with the sniper. And that takes all fucking day because by the end of the scene, they're back in the shipping containers. Mm-hmm. So, like, they made zero progress that day. So, I I don't know if the sniper well, was, like, they, trying to no, lead them in no a direction to toward... They, they, once they found the camp and it had been ransacked, the people are gone. There's no reason. Like, they're still far away from Alexandria. So, they why not just go to the nearby camp that is intact? So mm-hmm. I, I think that made like, yeah, like, uh, you know, by the time they get fed and fires going and. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying re- it doesn't make sense. I'm, just, I'm okay, saying like, okay. did the sniper lead them in a direction for a purpose or did he just randomly fucking go north? You know, because he was driving them north and there is like this concern, rightfully so, about like, you know, we can't like we just led a bunch of people to this point. We didn't think anyone was following us. We got to make damn sure that we check before Alexandria. So, like, am right. I supposed to understand that they did that successfully because Daryl is such an expert tracker and anti-tracker? Or it seems like inevitably that, the, uh, you know, the Reapers are going to come to Alexandria. Yeah, I mean, what's the point of introducing him if not? But maybe uh, but, supposed to give them because like maybe supposed to give Alexander some time to have like say five more bonus episodes of reinforcing the walls and mm-hmm. you know before before the Reapers show up because they really gave him a slip, really gave him a left turn at Albuquerque situation. They're gonna have to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. What? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see what exactly the this extra surprise was that the Whispers left that could devastate the fucking cold rolled bridge walls like they do because yeah, um, uh, like I thought the whispers were basically done um 
last season but well, here we are but they, with... they 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 but the last episode they left that was part of the gambit they or the 15th episode they left alexandra wide open and right. the whispers came and like uh, so, so what like, they I do they get just... out there with wrenches and dismantle half the wall maybe yeah <laughs> like... i mean they could like you know use the hacksaw to cut down some of those cold rolled and or they could have set fire they could have fucked up a lot mm. of shit while they were there i thought that was a really crazy risk to take it is to just yeah, abandon huge. your, but like you know, because what if they just burnt everything to the ground? Yeah, yeah. You know, suddenly, your solar and panel, Alexandria are gone. Uh, Oceanside yeah, now, now you're just up for that. now you're just camping, guys. And I, you know, I remember the Walking Dead when it was camp, endless camping, and it was not a good time. So, and half you're gonna um, die because you got no food. I mean, it's yeah. So just I, disrespecting I Reg's cold rolled steel. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. I didn't like it. Blatant disrespect. Uh, so they're back in shipping containers and Maggie asks Kelly about her sister and Kelly does the same with her. Maggie says, uh, I hope I get to meet Connie someday. And Daryl pops his head in and tells Maggie, we'll hang out a while to make sure we're alone and then take the long way home so no one can follow. And he asks if she's coming home and she says, yeah, but only really for the sake of my people. And she'll deal with Negan as it comes, essentially. Ominous. Yeah, I, I I thought it was weird that they're talking sisters and she didn't say anything about Beth. Doodlebug not even referenced. Um certainly not. But I don't by know, name. maybe it's a big maybe it's a, maybe it's a big bummer to like when someone's holding out hope and talking like their sister's still alive. You're like, "Well, my sister's dead. You're never going to meet her." Mm-hmm. Uh she was a dumbass younger sister just like you. Uh, <laughs> trust trusted Daryl to keep her safe, just like you know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, Lived I, actually uh, in a community, a lot like the one we're taking you back like to. Yeah. This. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I do. I do wish that this, sometimes a show would. It would. You know, you got Maggie coming back. She's been on the show for a long time. Lots of history. Like she could instantly start building these relationships and stuff and, and making relevant connections. And they have this this one on one conversation and they don't do it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like an um, omission of of. Real details on Beth is sort of the show acknowledging it, right? Like she would not hmm. want to tell Kelly about this in this moment because and you you said, know, emotionally it would devastate her even more. And Maggie's different. Like Maggie is yeah. definitely like got a harder edge. She's a little bit more like, you know, she's got still got a soft spot for Herschel and, you know, her old people and stuff. But like she is a little bit gone down the Carroll road, probably mm-hmm. because she's been in a Rick position and it's gone to shit time and time again. That will wear on you as a leader. But yeah. uh, so maybe that is it. It's just like I'm expecting Maggie to be Maggie and she's traumatized Maggie. She's like walls fully built up as the as 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 hilltops fall hers raise <laughs> uh that, that that could be what they're going for we'll see then we get a mon- another walking montage of them heading home to alexandria where the town is rebuilding a section of the wall of the whispers attacked maggie says we're home as negan looks on this time <laughs> for god's sake they finally got it right Th- this song was good this song, it's it's not some shitty atonal pop song that, you know, doesn't mesh with the episode. This was good. This was perfect. I like this song. Oh, it's a Leonard Cohen song. If any True Detective fan will tell you that his make a nice drop for dark, depressing shit that suits The Walking Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. They got an Australian. They got an Aussie singer uh, with a kind of mm-hmm. slightly not upbeat or downbeat, but slightly changed tempo and I thought it worked really well. It mm-hmm. like the lyrics, the, the somber, like, and also there's an aggression there and Maggie's bringing like, she's walking a fucking mean and this last slow motion, like looking and like a badass. Th- there, there's something unspoken here that like both of them are prepping for a fight. Like you can see it even on Negan's face, right? Like, I don't think he wants one at all, but he knows that the fight's coming he to knows him it's coming. and he's yeah. kind of stealing himself for it. And like, there's nothing spoken here and it's it's kind of a great scene and we didn't talk about the but I, I thought that in in the beginning of the episode where he's like what do you do and negan's like hey maggie and then she just walked he's like oh shit because mm-hmm. yeah this is the like he's just getting in good and now he's got to deal with the person who he personally wronged perhaps the most mm-hmm. and disrespected the most killed her husband in brutal fashion and 
she has not seen any of his late heroics and she just has to fucking deal with it. Like it's got hilltop destroyed as far as she's concerned. Yeah. Plus, like, I don't know how I feel if I'm Negan because like Daryl in his conversation with Maggie, he's like, hey, you know, everything's up in the air with Negan. Like we could fucking we could fucking hang him right now. We could Gregory. We could do a Gregory special. I'm open to it. You know, like, uh, God damn. Like, again, like, I think that's something that they need to deal with. Like, what is The Walking Dead's mission statement on restorative and rehabilitative versus vengeance driven punishment? Mm. Um because like I guess it would be kind of profound if like even Maggie can come around on Negan. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I'm not saying I I'm I'm glad you did the things he did, but like you're a changed man. And also I mean that's this this here's Negan episode that we're gonna get the final bonuses have to do a lot of heavy lifting of, of turning Negan from perhaps mm-hmm. anti hero to hero. Uh I like what they've done with this so far. We've we've talked uh a lot about how when people change themselves, it's not a linear, you know, thing. And I don't think other people appreciate maybe a change that's happened within a character's mind or heart, uh, until they demonstrate it over and over, right? That trust is so easy to break. And then, and Negan never had the fucking trust in the first place, right? It was antitrust. It was the opposite of that. And, and for him to be able to establish trust with this group, is going to be a Herculean effort. It's not going to be, he saved Judith in a snowstorm once. It's not going to be, he had a good time fucking around with alpha for a while. And then oops, lost a community in the process of killing her. It's going to have to be over and over that. He demonstrates this, especially to people like, you know, Maggie who doesn't have a, those experiences with him, but B has a very personal negative experience with him. So, yeah, it's going to take the whole season, I think, um, to get Negan to a place to, to get to that mission statement that you're talking about, whichever way it is. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. And I like I said, I, I think there it is. It's, it is interesting work because you're you're right. It's like, you know, if he's changed inside the house, he convinced the people that those changes are permanent and they're actually going to be something that yeah. he, there's 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 a lot that you have to do and also like maybe some of the things they say is like uh you don't have to convince everyone you just have to convince enough people like you know there's some people mm-hmm. like you're wrong a person like Meg, she's never going to forgive you and that's something you got to live with I, there's a lot of thing interesting things they could say about that and i think they've been doing a good job um and jeffrey dean morgan's a good enough actor that like they can do that stuff with him and yeah and, and it'll so work. is lauren cohen i mean b- both right. are gonna be real good this season especially since they did even last season they showed they had that episode where where maggie or no is michonne that ate the apple that made her consider what it would be like if she hadn't fallen in with rick and if she had turned into a savior and if she i think they've done a good job of showing like every person on this show whether it's morgan whether it's rick whether it's shane uh whether it's matt like everyone could have gone to that dark place at with without the the people that love them bringing them back like you mm-hmm. know daryl everybody could have been that. So like, I think I'm ready to forgive Negan, especially if, if he had some kind of like really crazy traumatic thing that caused him to kind of, I have a very skewed view on what protecting humanity looks like, but that doesn't mean Maggie's got to forgive him. Um, yeah. So we'll see Uh, how it goes. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I, I I don't know if I'm excited for the next five episodes, (laughs) these bonus ones, but I am excited for season 11, what they're going to do with that stuff. I heard a lot of people talking them up. So I've heard like people talking one or two of them lying. up. Yeah. Yeah. Not all of them, certainly. But. And I think that they're going to be limited because they're just they're all going to be kind of self-contained um, with. a. Th- but but I honestly, they're they're already less self-contained than I thought they'd be because this directly yeah. cho- continued the plot from the last episode, which is I didn't think was going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens leading up to season 11 i hope it's good <laughs> yeah we'll see uh that's it for the episode all right let's get to the feedback section watching dead at baldmove.com is how you send in um we're probably going to have like i said a, a dedicated feedback episode when we get into the real season and feedback picks up but until that happens especially since we kind of you know came up with with little fanfare uh, we got six weeks to build up to the new the new season uh we'll probably just be reading emails as we get it now if we start getting a bunch then we might spin it off into a separate feedback because i don't know if you notice we can talk a lot about the walking dead without anybody else helping 
So mm-hmm. if it gets to be like, you know, we're doing 90 minute pods, then we might split that off into a later in the week. But I think when the season hits, that's going to be the way to cover it. Like, you know, do a do a feedback roundup on Thursday and uh, see see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But we did have a, a piece of feedback from someone excited that we're covering The Walking Dead again. Lisa wrote in and said, oh, man, I have so enjoyed listening to the Bald Move podcast again. The last one I really listened to is The Expanse, which, you know, that's going back to the beginning of the year. It's not that I don't love listening to you guys, but I need to be already watching a show to listen along. Well, I mean, yeah, for we, sure. we find that to be the case. <laughs> yep. Um, Watching Dead has always been one of my favorites, but certainly not the only one. I've listened to your Mad Men, Leftovers, Game of Thrones, Expanse, Westworld. The list wow. goes on. I dropped The Walking Dead about midway into season eight. Not even really a rage quit situation. I just kind of got bored. I eventually heard all the good things about Angela Kang and thought I would give it another shot, but it's kind of set on the fence. And then I saw you guys renewing your Walking Dead podcast, and I knew immediately I was in. Knowing what I'd, that I'd be hearing your takes alongside the ride made the idea of watching Walking Dead so much more appealing. Now I've just finished season 10 and finished the last episode. I was actually really sad because I thought you guys wouldn't be along for the remaining episodes. Then boom, it turns out you're doing them starting this uh, July 13th today. Uh, weirdly good timing for me. Well, I'm glad it worked out, Lisa. She continues in brief. I didn't love seasons nine and 10, but they didn't bore me. Uh, that's a fair. Uh, yeah, that that's a that's a that's a fair way to put it. Like, they're not the best television, but they right. hold your attention now. Mm-hmm. This whole uh, Kang has entirely revitalized a show line doesn't quite work for me, having seen them all now. But it's still definitely an improvement. The visual direction and a lot of the emotional notes were great, especially in season nine. The plot lines and some of the writing fell flat and were possibly the most nonsensical that Walking Dead has ever been into. I'd love to see your individual problems with it because I'm not I I can definitely see why someone would say that. But I wonder what the particular stuff was. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen a few interviews with Kang and I think she really gets a lot of inspiration from the comics and stylistically it's very, very comic booky, which I like and it kind of makes me overlook the plot holes. I'm watching this show as a comic book come to life, which works for me. And if a few things don't make logical sense, so be it. While I enjoyed these last two seasons, they were made infinitely better by your podcast and oddly by your positivity. I kind of love the hate watch element of watching dead, but in this case, it's nice to hear enthusiastic takes. Thank you for that. Looking forward to watching dead resuming in a few days. And for what it's worth, I similarly sat on the fence about Mad Men for years. And when I realized you guys had done a Mad Men watch years before, I knew I finally had to give it a go. Um, well, I appreciate you considering how much we, uh, improve your viewing experience. And I wouldn't get used to the relentless positivity. Uh, those are two guys going. The, the, that, that was the result of two guys in a time without television latching on to some bit of nostalgia that had had a bit of a resurgence. And uh, if they go back to stealth zombies and endless woods walks, mm-hmm. uh, who boy. But the other thing is like. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like if they can just nail the character moments mm-hmm. and give us some closure on some of these longstanding arcs about forgiveness and rehabilitation and and moving forward, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not really looking for giant zombie set pieces. I'm not really looking for consistent day night cycles. I just want to care about the characters <laughs> caring mean, about am. themselves. I'm looking for the yeah. day and night. I mean, this is baseline storytelling <laughs> stuff. You got you got to get fundamentals at least you know if you're building the fucking house it can't have gaping holes in the floors you got to get the the foundations right man uh but look as long as the walking dead is serviceable i kind of love when it's ridiculous and over the top and you know makes some leaps in real world logic for instance the grenade thing this episode i think is fantastic like, yeah, yeah, it's stupid. It would never happen in real life. It's not how anything works, but it was glorious because like the fundamentals of, of what they're doing here aren't bad. They, they aren't, you know, running through the woods one minute during day and the next minute during night and then back to day. It's not like you've got to get those basics right and you got to keep things moving, which I think The Walking Dead doesn't, doesn't always do, didn't always do. Um, seasons mm. 9 and 10, it, it picked up the pace much more. It got a lot more interesting those character moments like you said were so much better um so so they can do really stupid stuff and i'm still on board and i love ripping into those stupid things but mm-hmm. i also really love watching them so like that's just the schlocky horror stuff that i like is when they stretch reality a little bit 
Yeah. Uh, and like, I, I think a lot of it brought me down like season seven and eight was like secondhand embarrassment from like, Oh God, they just don't respect me as a viewer at all. Yeah. Which makes me feel bad. Cause I know like, I, I, I that was the hell of it. Like I would listen to like uh, Melissa McBride and Chad Coleman, like spin this whole narrative in their head, like in an interview where they had like filled in all the blanks that the episodes are leaving out. And I'm like, I can tell that they really care about the storytelling and emotion. And obviously they have a lot of fun. They, you know, the, the, the cast and crew and family is kind of a big trope at the walking dead. But mm-hmm. like, I just always kind of die a little bit like, man, if, if, if a 25% of those conversations came to the screen. Yeah. But like, I just came to the conclusion that people on top just didn't fucking care because it's not like, you know, like if your actors fan fiction that they're talking about over to craft services is better than what's actually making it on the screen. You got a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like that's the case anymore. I feel like if those conversations are happening, Angela's like there with a fucking, you know, a notepad taking notes and being like, oh, yeah, tell me more about this wild vengeance driven country western woman. Uh, Lauren, I want to like to know all about this stuff. And we're going to like. But like they just didn't care. Like mm-hmm. Scott Gimple just it was a lazy ass showrunner. I mean, I guess and I'll that's think what that about him until he goes and runs a show right. Right. Because all I heard is he ran The Walking Dead into the ground. He ran Fear the Walking Dead underground when it had a resurgence, and we're all well shot of him. Yeah, so, I, I didn't hear it. I saw it. It happened right in front of my eyes. Exactly. Uh, Walking exactly. Dead got really fucking bad in some of those seasons, mm-hmm. and we quit watching it. And, yep. you know, Angela so, King, you know, she doesn't come back and make it the best show on television, but she comes back and makes it watchable. And that's what I'm hoping for. Watchable and fun. Yep. So that's all we got to say about that. Glad to have you back on board, uh, Lisa. Hopefully that we'll all be entertained by it. Because that's I, that's the other thing. I just I just want to last. I just want this last season to be good. There's 24 more episodes yeah. of this thing. Um, Give it. Give us some closure. I know we're not going to get closure on all the characters because they're spinning off and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, let's 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 say something positive or interesting about the world in the Mm -hmm. last. You know, I've spent, God, over a decade of my life on this thing. Let's let's make it a little worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, watching dead at baldmove.com. Let us know your opinion of this stuff. And uh, like I said, if we get too much of it, we'll 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 spin it off into a whole other podcast. How about that? How about that? Uh, We'll just give you more of it. So. Anyway, watching dead at baldmove.com is where you send in the feedback. We'll be back next week for the next bonus episode. We're just about five weeks away from mm-hmm. The Walking Dead being new, for us being ca- caught up on current content. I'm excited. We'll see what happens next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.